Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Some epicentral and immersive metaphorical portraits of post-colonial Cuba, where the 1898 exclusion of the USS Maine still resonates. The film uh, is, uh, explores the, a century of interventionism and myth-making together with the extraordinary people of Havana, particularly children, who he calls young prophets, who interrogate time, imperialism, and cinema itself. We're joined today by the director of the Central Hubert Capera. Hubert, welcome, welcome back to Film School Radio. Hello, hello. I'm, uh, I, I hope you can hear me. I'm in a in a in a train in, in France on my tour with Epicentro for for the cinema well, openings. Yeah, I can hear you. So this is great. I'm so glad to be able to talk to you about this. What a wonderful, beautiful film. It, it's beautiful not only in the cinematography, but in the, um, the all of the different elements of Cuba that we see in the film, and particularly the, the children that you focus on in this film. Tell me what inspired you to make this film. First of all, uh, Cuba is, is, is an inspiration for, for many people the, around the planet. Uh, and and uh, it's I'm not alone by being fascinated by Cuba. One thing is very, very singular in Cuba is that that uh, people are very, very much more uh, politicized than, than on many other places on the planet. Uh, that said, of course, politicizing in, in many places also very uh, influenced by, by one kind of narrative, which is the castrist narrative. Uh, but I found in Cuba uh, much more than that. I found in Cuba uh, a way to explain what uh, Europe is. I mean, I'm a European. I, I, I don't know. I, I felt like I could make a film about, about so many things. Uh, being in Cuba, the film about America. I mean, Havana was a de facto an American city until 60 years ago. And uh, so Epicentro is is about so many things, and it's essentially too much for for a movie to for one movie to talk about. It's about the birth of of, of an empire, the birth of America as an empire, the, the birth of uh, movies as a, as a means of uh, mass hypnosis <laughs> uh, and propaganda, uh, the birth of Hollywood as uh, movies as a, as a big business. Also, everything kind of came out of one big bang, which was the, the explosion of the USS Maine, which then triggered the Spanish-American War, etc. So that's the story. But it is much too much for, for one movie, but I, I wanted to explain these complex stories through the eyes of, not, not through the eyes of specialists and academics, and, but through the eyes of people who live on the, on the ground zero of Hollywood, on the ground zero of the American Empire, which is the port of Havana. So those people are, are my little prophets, uh, the, the young yeah. prophets, which, uh, which you saw in the movie. And watching the film, uh, you very clearly make that connection between the, really the first 
uh, foray on the part of the Americans into a sort of colon- becoming a colonial power with the, uh, with the war against Spain and that took place in Cuba. And I had never seen a film so clearly make this connection between the rise of cinema, the rise of, of basically storytelling as a means to an end in a political context, the way that you do in this film. I was really struck by that, and, and it, it uh, certainly resonates. Uh, it resonates in many ways in the way that the Cubans have also incorporated into their culture so much of the importance of cinema in telling a story and, and also in telling their story in some ways. So uh, that, that, was, that was new to me, and I thought you did a wonderful job of making that connection. Yeah, I'm glad you said you said. It was moving you because it's a movie. <laughs> so, uh, it's an interesting uh, and a beautiful word. A movie is, is moving us and it's moving the world. And it's like nothing from uh, and in the opening of Fifty Central. I, I was trying to talk about the irony that that most inventions that define our our life today, uh, you know, mass transportation, airplanes, automobiles, electricity, you know, uh, all these inventions and cinema were born almost. In, a, in the same period of time, and yeah. from all these inventions that define our time, cinema is most the most consequential. The moving images are the thing that makes us understand the world now today. It's like, what do you and I know of the Vietnam War if it comes from moving images? You know, it's, it, that this is our access to history now and to understanding our understanding ourselves. And to communicate now, and uh, you know, the, the the kids today, as the kids in my movie are, uh, I mean, one of one of the most magical scenes for me in that century is the a Cuban kid of the age of ten is says like, "Give me your iPhone, give me your iPhone." Leonelis makes de facto an amazing movie in front of my in front of my lens <laughs> that is that is out of this world. It's like just completely amazing. Yeah. I was just uh, I was just trying to film her filming. Uh, her understanding visual language in in such a genius way, you know, um, than yeah. we could have only dreamt about. And you know, when I was in film school, we, you know, we were in a very different time in in, in visual literacy, for example. You know, it's just a magic. It's just magical and uh, spooky, also. Right? What what images yeah. can do, right? I mean, America yeah. now it's like, why are Americans in the street? Uh, because of the murder of one person called George, but it's because that moment was was filmed. It, it was it was a, a little movie that just blew people's minds and broke people's hearts so much. And it's that language of a moving picture of a movie, real event that that literally changes the world. Right? It's hard for us to do to to understand how impressive it must have been 120 years ago when the first time. Uh, uh, Europeans and Americans discovered uh, flickering images of, of, of boats on the ocean that blow up in the middle of, uh, you know, and not not knowing that it's that it's uh, produced in a bathtub in New York. <laughs> so, to, to also add to that, what you were talking about with the video that we saw of the murder of uh, George Floyd, because of our cultural literacy in regard to watching films being so embedded in our lives, uh, film and the power of film, 
that one of the other elements that I think needs to would need to be talked about when you're talking about inspiring people to do things is that it, it in there is a bias, there's a built-in bias when we watch a film like The Murder when we're watching George Floyd be killed that spurs people to action. It comes not by an in, by itself completely devoid of any other context. We take those images and, and we add to it our own particular uh, built-in set of, of uh, biases and um, our, our understanding of the world. And, and that is something uh, that I think it, it adds to the power. It accelerates the power of cinema, of images uh, that you're talking about as well. This is something, again, I, I, I'm, I thought I knew my American history. What I didn't quite understand to the depth and degree uh, that I saw in, in your film at the Centro is just the collapse of the Spanish Empire and the emergence of the American Empire in, in Cuba uh, and, how, and how much of a crossroads Cuba is in really in the history of the world with its connection to slave trade, the connection to empire, the connection to the U.S. and its ascendancy. There's so much going on in this little island off the coast of Florida, isn't there? Right. It's in a way one of the epicenters of, of, of world history is Havana. And uh, we, we, you know, we say Havana now in America, you think of of uh, open-top cars and Castro and, and Che Guevara is kind of a folklore figure, but there's so much more. One of the reasons why Americans and Europeans go there is because they, they have this nostalgic image of their, their own you know, childhood when they're with open-top cars, or we have, we have the images of Humphrey Bogart going in one of these cars, and we are the children of images, and we are producing children images, and so much more. I mean, our experience of life is... Through, through images, and, uh, and it was even the, which is not treated in my film, Epicentro, but even the, the, the Cuban revolution uh, was a success, maybe, which Cubans don't, don't really like to hear, but it was maybe more effective because the, a journalist from New York Times went to the Sierra Maestra, made a film, The Silver of Castro, and that made it in America. For public opinion, Castro was a hero, right? When, yeah. when the revolution happened. And, and Castro knew how to use the moving images just as, as most leaders of the 20th and 21st century. It's like he knew, he knew power of it, he knew how to, how to appear, he knew how to, that he knew that it was important. And it was probably more pivoting than the few, uh, uh, you know, uh, guns they had on their, on their backpacks, which were, you know, badly oiled <laughs> yeah so, so, it was, yeah. so it was like so the the, the, uh, the propaganda side uh, uh, and the, the PR side uh, of the Cuban revolution with the help of moving images is probably a, a, one of the very big key factors to its success you know? so I just want to remind our listeners we're speaking with Hubert Supper and he's the director of a new uh, documentary film coming out called Epicentro and uh, I wanted I, I want to let people know that this is, film is so much more than what I'm sort of describing as a deconstruction of, of cinema and its relationship to empire and America and its, uh, the sort of the impact it's had on Cuba because it's so much about the people who are just amazing. You, you alluded to it earlier, these young people that you spend a lot of time, we spend a lot of time with in the film 
they are remarkable. They're remarkable on a lot of different levels. First of all, their kind of understanding of their own nation's history and how they're able to be nuanced in understanding that history is pretty remarkable to me. And But the other part of this, they seem uh, to be um, very uh, positive and very, and they seem to embrace life in a way that I, I don't rare, I rarely see. Um, these were just remarkable kids, as well as some adults that you focus on in the film. Well, what was your impression? What was what did you take away from from spending some time with these young people? Well, uh, the main figures in Epicentral are are those young those kids at the age of 10, 10, 11. Yeah. Who are for me the young prophets and uh, prophets, uh, and they are. Other than other, other than most kids on on the planet, they are more politicized, more explicit, more reflecting more about about uh, even their own, as you just said, uh, their own position in a, in a global context. They are very much in, um, emancipated in thinking, and of course, infiltrated by the propaganda, also propaganda, which is, by the way, a word that is used in, in Cuba, uh, not in a pejorative way. In Havana, there's offices of propaganda in the uh, revolution written in big letters on, on top of uh, a door, you know. And so the word propaganda is, has, a, has a very bitter meaning in our culture, but in, in Cuba it's still being used. Well, another aspect that I was very much seduced uh, by personally is that Havana was, it was the epicenter of the colonial um, uh, was the colonial capital of the Spanish colonial empire, and therefore it was one of the one of the main hubs of Catholicism in the planet on the planet, right? Through the Spaniards, yeah. And only in three and only in three generations since 1959, when essentially the, the Bible was uh, declared obsolete, uh, people are much freer. You know, the, the people are freer in thinking. They are they're not uh, you know loaded with with this. Uh, Christian uh, uh, weight on their back, via culpa of, of, uh, of sins and, and, and uh, sexual restriction, and, and, and so it is. Ju- it is just a more politically aware and a, and, 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 and a freer society. You know, that's what it is. I mean, but that's my personal take to it. You know, it's like I mean, maybe yeah. I'm offending some religious people, but uh, that's what I uh, personally appreciate. These young people in the film are just so alive and so engaging, and they're again they are just remarkably uh, um, tuned in to their situation and and the world that they live in and the understanding. I don't hear very many 11 year olds in America talking about slavery and imperialism and the impact it's had on their society and those things that are just they just seem very bright. And as you said, young prophets. Well, I hope they, that that bodes well for the future of Cuba. It is a it is a, a, a country in transition for sure with the death of Castro and the things are things are happening. But it's also still very much um, under the shadow of the United States. Yes, I mean at this point it's under the shadow of the of the regime in the White House right now. You know, it's under the shadow of the, of an emperor with a, with orange hair. You know? You agree or not with the with the government, but you're, you're just kind of 
killing people by, by, by cutting off any supply, cutting off any conditions. Yeah. It's just crazy. I mean, it's just, I'll give you a, a tiny example. I was in, in Pala, uh, you can communicate with WhatsApp with people. Mm-hmm. And suddenly my account was suddenly kind of cut off and said, you need to update WhatsApp. And I couldn't update it in Cuba because I did the, the app. You know, the masters decided to not uh, update for Cuba WhatsApp, so I lost like all my 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 account for a time being until I got back to, to Europe. You know. Yeah. I mean, I never got I never got it back. By the way, it's like just just gone. I just have a new account. Yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah. one of these things. You know, it's like so if I if I had to like bring a medication to somebody. Is dying from cancer. I don't have my account. This person died. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And it's happening. Yeah. This is a tiny uh, example, but uh, but this is happening in, in a very in small scale, in big scale. It is just uh, it is just uh, uh, crushing people. I think now Chomsky once said it said like something a line like when you when you have your knee on somebody's neck. Which, which, which resonates interestingly with uh, George Floyd's murder. Uh, so, jump to the when you have your knee on somebody's neck and, and you're about to crush this person, meaning like the imperialism towards the, the South, then you have to invent yeah. for yourself a narrative that is what is for this person's uh, for for the best, you know, for the for their own for their own uh, well-being, you know. In other words, you cannot continue the kind of policy. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. so what we do in the West is, is not only we, we invent a narrative. I'm not talking about America, Europe, Europe, uh, Japan, China. Even it's like the industrialized world. We invent a narrative that gives us a good reason to intervene in the Middle East. That we, we have the means and the, the tools to convince ourselves in masses through, through television and uh, internet and, and cinema. You know, so so we we. That is just uh, the spooky part of, of moving images is that it can be used so easily to, to uh, spread fear, to, 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 to spread uh, the, the shouting for war, the warmongering. You know, the, the, uh, the images you saw from 1898 were literally made to villainize the Spaniards. It was, uh, the executions were staged. Uh, naval battles were uh, reenacted in, in the bathtub, and they were they just were only made to to drum for war. And uh, by right. the way, William Hurt was William Hurt was a famous actor in this, this uh, struggle right. for the war. Right. We're familiar with yeah. yeah. Well, well uh, listen, I, I uh, thank you. I want to thank you so very much for your time. And under these very difficult uh, conditions, here we're trying to carry on our conversation. I really appreciate your time, uh, and I want to thank you for Epicentro. Uh, wonderful, wonderful film. It is a, just a beautiful watch. Wonderful to, sit, to spend time with the people in this film. And uh, I look forward to uh, more work from you, and I look forward uh, to more um, more conversations with you, uh, Hubert. I'll yeah. Work. Thank you. So thank you. I, so I, can't, very, very I can't wait to I can't wait to come uh, to come to see my American friends in, in person again. You know, <laughs> so I okay. hope it's going to happen soon. And I can't wait to sit in a in a full movie theater where in the U.S. 
not long from now. I hope. I, I, I hope yeah. it happens someday, yes. Well, uh, <laughs> nice to talk to you. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.